0: Hello, welcome to the Addison Recorded, the official podcast of the Addison Recorder. I'm Gina Waters, coming to you as always from inside the pod fort, and I'm here with Merrill Williams.
1: Uh, we are both writers for the Addison Recorder, and today we are joined by a third writer, and that is Kevin Triskett. Hello.
2: I'm the NCAA Hoops columnist for the Addison Recorder. Very excited to be broadcasting from the pod fort.
1: Yeah, we're glad you're here. You've been pretty busy this month because of the tournament, so glad you could take some time out of your schedule.
2: Absolutely. There's no basketball tonight.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. No, I'm, I had no idea that that was the case, so pretty out of it. So Anyway, glad you're here. Yay. Here to talk about uh We've been uh, covering episodes of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, the Netflix original series created and written by Tina Fey.
2: And it's been great so far, I would say.
1: Um, yeah, so... What is your frame of reference for Tina Fey and or, like, the canon behind that that brought Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt to be?
2: Sure. So I'm a huge Tina Fey fan from her Saturday Night Live writing days, her time at Weekend Update. And, of course, uh, I have seen every episode of 30 Rock front to back on Netflix, and most of them more than one time. So when I heard that this show was coming out, I was very excited to dig in and i was excited they dropped all of them at the same time instead of making me watch them episodically
0: yeah that's it's been hard for meryl and i because we're not we didn't watch them all and so having to like restrain just watching one or two per week is you know then i see the next one is starting to load i'm like i could just start it you know (laughs) i don't watch the whole thing But speaking of 30 Rock, as we, you know, our point of entry to this episode, uh, Kimmy Kisses a Boy. We have a lot to say about this one. Um, But it was, there were a lot of 30 Rock tie-ins to this episode, I thought. Yeah, there sure were. I think one of the ones that I noticed first was um, Charles, the tutor, who we, well, we have some thoughts on Charles. But the first thing I noticed is he seemed really familiar. So I, I went to trusty IMDB and found out he played garrett romney in an episode of 30 rock which is almost like a little kind of throwaway just a joke kind of you know quick bit on the on the episode uh when jack was running for mayor of new york Um, but i think that's that's the only thing i saw in his imdb that i would have recognized him from so that's a clear 30 rock
2: tie-in well i think that makes total sense because i believe in the first one or two podcast episodes you talked about Uh, Charles being kind of a nondescript boy who just is cute. And I think that's pretty much a Romney for you through and through. So Tina (laughs) Fey nailed it. She,
0: as always. Uh, Another fantastic, fantastic reference was um, Titus's, as he called them, overshorts when he was (laughs) shucking corn, trying to woo uh, the closet case. Brandon, Um, I think his name was. Brandon, yes. Isn't isn't Brandon a gay name? (laughs) Sorry. Also from the episode. Not me. <laughs> uh, but there's an episode of 30 Rock called Brooklyn Without Limits, which is about Liz Lemon's jeans, to put it briefly. Um, and it ends up with her wearing a pair of what she calls shorter alls. And in this episode of Kimmy Schmidt, they are over shorts. But clearly Tina Fey has some, I don't know, special tie in her heart to overalls that are shorts. And also, they mentioned in the video gaming scene, which we also need to talk more about, uh, the term respawn. What is it? They keep saying, like, respawn Jeremy or something. There's, like, some line they keep saying. It means goodbye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, that there was a whole episode of 30 Rock called Respawn. That was also video, a video game reference. So, again, clearly something. Like, Tina Fey writes a lot of things. Like, I think she hears other people say. And they just kind of, like, she's like a sponge. She takes them in. So, clearly. Don't think she's a gamer, but clearly that like kind of gets in her in her brain and then it comes out um in episodes but yeah those were those were the major 30 rock times another major one which meryl you're going to talk about is the 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 construction worker scene
1: yeah the the episode opens with this really great bit that was probably my favorite part from the trailer when that came out promoting the show in the first place and it shows her she's walking down the street and a construction worker calls out to her like hey i wish it was your jeans and And she just turns to him and says, well, I wish I was your yellow hat. Much to the dismay of the construction worker,
2: (laughs) who we would find out has a revelation that he (laughs) is actually gay.
1: Yeah, it's such a weird point A to point B, but she's, she's talking to him and she just kind of, she's just making conversation and he's taking it so much with so much more meaning than she intends and he just ends up having this like existential revelation about his life
2: (laughs) and i wonder how viable a strategy that is for
1: combating street harassment i feel like we yeah gina didn't say like oh man i gotta start using that line or something just to kind of have something to say in response because it can be a weird thing where he's like you don't know what to say and it just i don't know it was a smart approach and it was a good joke and i liked that bit a lot And it it, it was weird how it kind of came back at the end. Like, they bring that construction worker back.
2: It definitely did. Titus walks by in his Huxtable sweater, which we'll talk about briefly. But he walks by, and the construction worker calls out to Titus and comes out as gay. And Titus just says, you're not ready. And he rips off his Huxtable sweatshirt to reveal a baby slut T-shirt, which is just about perfect.
0: (laughs) The T-shirt just killed me. And that kind of, that made us think of the, another, the 30 Rock tie-in related to that is that there's two that we thought of, uh, street harassment scenes in 30 Rock, one in the When It Rains It Pours episode where a construction worker, again, is catcalling Jenna and Liz and they assume he's catcalling Jenna and turns out he's catcalling Liz. And then also in the Sexy Baby episode, as you remembered, Kevin, that Um, it's actually Hannibal Burris plays a homeless gentleman. Fabulous cameo. (laughs) Yeah, he might have even written that episode. I don't know. He did write several 30 Rock episodes. Again, could have looked that up. (laughs) (laughs) Crack research team over here. (laughs) Um, I think. Okay. Well, first of all, I have to say we've received a tweet question. Um, (laughs) at lady wine geek. This is very timely has asked what we think of the Charles character. He's such a goob. (laughs) This is, that's her tweet. So I think this is a good segue into talking about the mystery that is Charles. Yeah, and
2: I don't even know if he's much of a mystery. To me, he's just a nothing character. He is him. a child, I think, because he does the bit in this episode where he puts his hands over Kimmy's eyes as she enters the room, and she is very turned off by that. But he is cute, so Kimmy, for some reason, is drawn to him. <laughs> so I... I had the sense, and I know we argued about this a little bit before the episode started, I have a sense that after the kiss and the breakup scene, we might not see Charles again, and I'm kind of rooting for that.
1: And I could see that that would make like a natural endpoint. but I also feel like he is going to have to come back, because otherwise, why did they introduce this character in the first place? It's been such a weird arc. I keep waiting for it to go somewhere. I don't like that actor. I don't know why. He just... I don't get that character.
2: And I don't know why Kimmy needs a love interest at all. Like, I don't think it fits the show or the tone or what they're trying to accomplish.
0: Yeah, I keep saying, I swear they filmed all of season one and then thought we should have a dude in there and just, like, filmed some a few scenes with him afterward and then spliced him in. It just... The pacing is all wrong with that storyline. Everything else seems to play out so naturally. And, I mean, I wouldn't say pacing is an issue that Tina Fey typically has. So maybe this was, like, notes from NBC or something. You have to have a love interest. And then before they drop the show, um, which, by the way, not to derail us, we can, we'll come back to Charles. But I did see, again, a headline, did not read the article, <laughs> that NBC nixed the project because of the racial stuff. Like the Really? Yeah. That's apparently that's word on the street, according to a, a headline that I read. <laughs>
2: according to one tweet you saw with a link yes. that you didn't click.
0: But it, So I'm, I'm getting the feeling now that there was a little bit more. Because I kind of thought NBC passed on it very, you know, sort of, eh, no, never mind. But, like, apparently it was a little more contentious than that. So I'm wondering if, you know, they got, you know, Tina Fey got notes from them like, oh, we need a love interest. And she shoveled this Charles bastard on us. <laughs> and there was just no, like, time to go back and cut it out.
2: Well, and I would love to see Charles have like some potential as a character, but I think one of the worst bits in the show through episode five is this bizarre phone call scene where Charles butt-dials Kimmy, we come to find out, and says that, He loves her and Kimmy responds, me too. And then goes back later and says, oh, what I meant to say was, I love you too. And we find out that Charles was on the phone playing video games over the internet and like talking. And this was the transponder or respond or whatever. Respond. Respond, Respond. The goodbye line came from. And I just thought like it was clunky. It was not particularly clever. It was edited well, but it added almost nothing to me. And I thought it really fell flat
1: yeah it was a weird scene and I don't know it was just like kind of an unnecessary conflict and I also who butt Dows anyone anymore like does that happen with an anymore?
2: iPhone no less yeah
1: like that's hard yeah. that's hard to do <laughs> um, that also I know I'm going to keep talking about this but I feel like the show was written years ago If that seems like a thing that would happen four years ago and not today but yeah no I don't like Charles I want him to go away but I also don't think that he will What did you guys think of the best
2: friend, Cindy, who comes
1: to visit? I was really interested in that storyline because at the end of the last episode, Kimmy was really reluctant to even have her there. Um, And now we can kind of see why. Like, they had this shared experience, obviously, but they have taken what that meant to them and, like, what that led their lives to be in very different directions and um yeah i don't know like basically the story with cindy is that now that she is no longer in the bunker she still lives in this town in indiana is it Dernsville. there we go Dernsville. so she you know kind of stayed where she was but she's just being handed all these things that she wanted when she was like a 14 year old girl
2: yeah stays where she was in more ways than one i think yes
1: yeah so at this point she is the manager of a pet store because she told someone at some point that she likes animals. Um, she is dating her 14 year old crush basically, who is not right for her years later (laughs) in some pretty big ways. And then what, I mean, what else is going on with her? She got the car that she wanted as a 14 year old.
2: Yeah. I think her, her juxtaposition as a character who comes from the uh, whole basically, <laughs> and decides to go back and play it up for sym- sympathy while you have Kimmy, who's trying to completely erase the mole woman from her history. Uh, I thought it was a pretty interesting way to approach an episode. And like I said to you guys before we recorded, I thought it kind of humanized the story in a way that, you know, Kimmy is kind of so exaggerated, but there are other ways that real humans would deal with it. And I thought Cindy represented that pretty well.
0: Yeah, kind of the two possible paths, like after an experience like that, like Polar opposites I think we also need to talk I mean Brandon her boyfriend who she was in love with when she was 14 is definitely a homosexual now and uh, but he agrees to date her because it's basically part of like a package deal for you know a survivor of something like this like she gets to have him <laughs> and it's a little odd that he goes along with that like we kind of suspected like maybe there was an ulterior motive or something but um, in one of the best scenes I think in the whole episode he proposes to her. In a, in the park, Central Park or something, and there's a unicorn and a band, and it's like how a 14-year-old girl would picture uh, a proposal, I, I would imagine. It's not something I spend a lot of time thinking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, and she curses and Cindy's very upset that she swears in front of a unicorn because they're magical. That
2: was a fantastic scene. Well, and I think one of my favorite jokes in the whole episode, and I thought there was a series of great callback references all the way throughout this episode But uh, at the beginning, Brandon says, no, I'm not gay. I like sports and cars, and my favorite movie is Borat. And then at this episode, fast forward about 20 minutes, he goes, of course I'm not gay. Would a gay guy ask Cindy to be my wife? And it just (laughs) was so good. And so out of nowhere, it made me so happy.
0: That's, yeah, the Bora, My Wife thing has come up a lot of times in comedy. And I feel like it's one of those things that was, like, a joke for a long time. And it was so oversaturated. You know, like, frat boys were saying it. It was, like, it, like, was one of the things that became so prevalent that it became annoying and cheesy. But then it's, like, then it, like went so far that it, like, somehow just the strange longevity of it and the, like, omnipresence of it made it become funny again. It's, like, that kind of absurd humor when you repeat something enough times to the point where it gets annoying, but then if you can push past that, the repetition becomes funny again. And so, I'm totally
2: a sucker for it in this yeah, case. Yeah,
0: it's like, it's, like, irony to, like, the next power. It's, you know, when, when a cheesy joke gets so overused that it becomes ironically funny again. So I think they're really playing on that. I think um, Scott Ackerman of comedy Bang Bang fame is is famous for
2: one of my absolute favorites, comedy Bang Bang podcast, TV show, and he does the My Wife bit he does it. And <laughs>
0: every time he does it, I laugh. I'm like, it is this joke is from 2006, but he has even has a shirt with a picture of his actual wife on it, yeah. and it says My Wife. You can you can buy it on his website. I'm, it's not a joke. I may or may not have. <laughs> Do you have the cool up the lye socks? I don't, but I should. We should
2: get Meryl those for her birthday. Oh, we should. socks.
0: New socks for you. Yeah. His wife's name is Kulap Vilay She's Laotian, and so you can buy socks that say Kulap. Cool They're the Kulap Vilay Socks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's delightful. Um, what were the other items that we were talking Earwolf, about? Wolf, if you're listening, pick us up. Yeah, exactly. We're ready. <laughs> we are ready. Um, I also, another reference that I loved was the rear window reference, which comes in reference to one of the best jokes of the whole episode. Lillian mentions rear windowing and um, rear
2: windowing as a verb. Already yes. funny. Yep,
0: I'm definitely using that because I live in a courtyard building and I find myself unintentionally rear windowing constantly. Um so now I have a I have a word for it. But yeah, what who was the what did she see the neighbor doing in
1: the bathtub?
2: Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, The neighbor was, like, stuck in his bathtub, and she says, like, I was rear windowing, and I saw that guy. He's stuck in the tub. He's been there for three hours. He's He's starting starting to panic. panic." It was so terrible and hilarious. I loved it. Mm -hmm. And then that came back, too, because um, so Titus gets turned down when he tries to seduce Brandon to basically out him <laughs> um, and so it doesn't work and he just can't understand why and then he, he kind of that's the line that you really liked right where he's questioning himself
2: yes and he asks am I a bear now or worse am I a Huxtable <laughs> which I've never heard before as a thing
1: we had to kind of look that up Did we We just determined that it's basically like it's like an
2: older elderly, guy yeah
1: right that's yeah it. it's not like a like we were going to like a, a gay euphemism and yeah it's, it's not as far it as it is not until. yeah
0: <laughs> And we talked about, too, it's interesting that she clearly wrote this um, episode—well, whoever all the writers um, were—before the Cosby stuff really came to light. I mean, Tina Fey is known for having made Cosby jokes before, so I mean, this is—these rumors about Bill Cosby have been around for a long time, but—so it was, like, unintentionally topical, um, in addition to the street harassment thing we were talking about. Like, she wrote this before, kind of the whole, like, don't tell women to smile thing, and the, like, all that stuff came out— so, she really, I mean, she may, she may be psychic. <laughs> She's got her finger on the pulse. Um, are there any other, like, um, as we're wrapping up this portion of the episode, are there any other, you know, fantastic things we have to mention that really stood out to, to us this episode? I have to say, for one, I love that the cereal in the pantry was called Frosted Maniacs. I mean, that was genius.
2: I thought one of the best lines was uh, when Titus is talking about Brandon and Brandon's talking about cars and... He pulls Camille into the closet and says, that's smoke and mirrors, two things gay men love.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he had some really good lines in this episode. Yeah, all that stuff with him and his whole going through this process of trying to seduce this guy. (laughs) That's a pretty good good scene. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I just thought overall it was a pretty fun episode. Um, You guys kind of commented that you feel like they're getting better and better each one um oh yeah there's this part sorry i just remembered um there's a part where we thought it was like a weird kind of shoehorned in scene where there's like a kissing scene between the
2: title of the episode even
1: that's true yeah the whole kissing a boy it's very early on the episode and it comes out of nowhere like i don't know what they were talking about before all of a sudden he's like i'm gonna kiss you now and that just happened yeah that's a thing that furthered the plot of this episode for some reason but then she has like a really gross line where she's like well we can hang out later maybe i'll bring my friend by or whatever and they're like making plans and she says yep well i'll be here with my kissing hole <laughs> it's just i know gina's like shuddering over here <laughs> so gross Ugh. i've never saying that phrase
2: again whereas i will be saying it constantly <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, I think that pretty much covers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on that note. Ramp it up. All right, I can't I can't hear about kissing holes anymore. Um, so as we do whenever we have a guest on, first we want to talk about what you brought to contribute to the pod fort. And I I I'm what I'm seeing is a small stuffed basketball with arms and legs and feet as and they, a face and even. And a face. And it looks slightly bemused. It's carrying a flag. And what's the story behind this? So
2: my uh, dozens and dozens of loyal Instagram followers will remember that last year I went to every single college basketball arena in Chicago. So there are five. Northwestern, Loyola, DePaul, UIC, and um, Chicago State. And I wanted to go to all of them because I was pretty new to Chicago. And I bought this little mascot guy to carry around since none of my friends wanted to go to any of the games with me. <laughs> uh, and I took pictures and posted to Instagram all of uh, me and the basketball. So in you're every, saying. In every
0: stadium. you're saying you've brought us an Instagram celebrity?
2: Basically, more or less, that's what I'm saying. I'm honored. To you. I'm
0: honored to share the pod for it with you, sir. Yeah. Uh, we'll take pictures and share that on our social media. Keep his streak going. And it's a good time with this episode, with the sports, the sports reference. (laughs) Yeah. There's some sports. Um, Also, we ask all of our our podcast guests the same three questions to wrap up. Um, The first question, this is very important. Is there a TV show that your friends, people you respect and like always are telling you is so great, but you just don't like it or you just don't get it? I
2: think there are people in this pod fort who would tell me that Mad Men is the best show ever made, and I know that the Addison Recorder runs a weekly series about how great Mad Men is. And I really, guys, cannot, cannot do it. I can't even. I tried. I put it on the Netflix queue a couple times. My fiance has watched every episode, uh, and it just doesn't do it for me.
0: Get out of my fort,
1: <laughs> Gina. <laughs> This is our apartment, man. Can't come in here talking shit about Mad Men. <laughs> I'm,
2: I don't doubt, critically, that it's a valuable, wonderful television show. I just promise you I'll never watch an episode of it.
1: Wait, okay. So, have you seen... Say that again. Have you seen any of Mad Men? I saw seen... the
2: first, like, maybe 35 minutes of the pilot.
1: <gasps> ah. And then bits here and there. Okay. Um, I will say that it's It's tough to binge watch. That's for sure. The
2: not-great-Bob gif at the end of one of the seasons I've shared with a lot of my friends. That's about
1: it. That's legit. Yeah. Um, i give you that. That's, that's, that's pretty solid. <laughs> oh, man. It just, I can't not laugh thinking about that. Not great, Bob. Right. Um, anyway, yeah. No, you should watch Mad Men. I'm just going to disagree with you on this. And he's not <laughs> kidding <laughs> about the weekly series because Alex and Becky, who are two other writers for the Addison Recorder, they've literally been... They are nuts. They will binge watch this show, which I can't do because it makes me so sad after a while. But yeah. they've been watching a season a week for the last several weeks <laughs> in anticipation of the new season, which starts um, the first week of April. Yeah, Gina's all pumped. Um, I don't have TV, so I will be catching it later. But, oh,
0: man. I'll be catching it never. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not even good. I can't even – I can't even. <sighs> <sighs> I feel like you just insulted one of my children. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I didn't say a bad
2: word about cheers, at least.
0: That's Yeah, don't you dare just cheers. Uh, the second question, equally as important, um, if there was a television show wherein you were a character, who would play you and why?
2: So the answer to this question, my most of my adult life since college, has been I am George Michael from Arrested Development. A lot of people have equated me with Michael Sarah. I can't imagine going in any other direction for that, unless uh, you guys think Jesse Eisenberg is cuter, in which case I'll take that.
1: <laughs> I can see a little bit of the Jesse Eisenberg too. I can mm-hmm. see both. And I love that how yours is specific to Michael Sarah from Arrested Development. Like just... I don't
2: wear khakis yeah. like that though, I promise. <laughs>
1: oh and that was like so uh kevin and i went to college together and that was like very much a thing of our college era was watching Arrested development because it was on the air at that time and yeah i I feel like your roommate was also super obsessed with that show oh man owned all
2: of the dvds watched them repeatedly that's so funny (laughs) but i've seen that probably as many times as gina has seen 30 rock 30 rock
1: yeah well our next podcast is just gonna have to be the Arrested development recap show We'll maybe we'll come, come out with more. another season of that on Netflix. Mm, maybe.
2: <laughs> and the episodes will be shorter, please. Yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> all right. So question number three is our most divisive question. And the answer to this is very important because we're keeping a tally of how all of our guests respond. And this comes back to the pilot episode of Kimmy Schmidt. At some point, there was a reference to pop. And so we want to know, is it pop or is it soda? It's pop, guys. <laughs> Fellow Ohioan, I actually, yeah, I wasn't sure which way we were going to go because I, for some reason, thought that Northeast Ohio might lean more toward soda. Oh, pop through and through. Man, well, that was a short. What's I the tally at so far? Uh, yeah, so Gina and I don't count, and oh. you're our second guest. So <laughs> <laughs> two. So far, it's unanimous. Right. <laughs> Maybe this isn't as divisive as we thought. <laughs> It. yes so um yeah i don't know any uh, anything else you want to add i think that's uh, pretty much the show
2: if i could uh i would like to
1: plug two things one
2: is i'll be writing much more about the ncaa basketball tournaments and even if you're listening to this after kentucky has won the championship please go back and read all the things i wrote <laughs> they're very good also you could follow me on twitter at k Trisket, t-r-i-s-k-e-t-t and uh, I want to thank my podcast Podport colleagues, Woo. Gina and Meryl. Rate and review this show on iTunes, guys.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. We've got to start asking people to do that. Yeah, you can find us both on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Um, and, yeah, if you download and subscribe, um, please give us a rating. Please, a good one. That'd be nice. Um, anyway, so, yeah, that's the show. You can find us at AddisonRecorder.com. That is a pop culture blog based here in Chicago. We all write for it. We write a bunch of cool stuff every week. And you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash AddisonRecorder. We're also on Twitter, same username, at AddisonRecorder. And you can find me on Twitter at Merrill Williams. That's M-E-R-Y-L Williams. And
0: Gina, you can tell us where we can find you on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at, at MercuryMarie5 because some jerk has at MercuryMarie and she hasn't tweeted since 2011. But anyway, that's where I am. And also we'd as always like to give a special shout out to the Pleasure Centers who wrote our fantastic theme song. They're kind enough to let us use. You can find them at SoundCloud.com slash The Pleasure Centers. Thanks a lot for joining us and we'll see